Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. So yeah. Jeff, so Jeff Bezos, founder of Amazon, he's he's apparently looking to find an NFL team and purchase it. And mm. I I see all these people that are super excited about Jeff Bezos potentially buying their team. And I wonder how how it's actually going to work out with Bezos buying an NFL team because he's notorious for just berating his employees talking down to them, just ripping apart, tearing them apart, hyper-efficiency. And some of those things would be good for the business side of the NFL. But I get I get a feeling that uh, I, I see like a, a Dan Snyder type oh, yeah. collision it's coming potentially. Completely. He doesn't he he does not strike me as someone who uh is hands off and and real self-aware about w- where his expertise lies. Like that's not the impression I get because what he does is he takes his philosophies and his theories yeah. on making things yeah. efficient and he applies it to everything. Right. Oh yeah. And, and the NFL and professional sports in general is replete with billionaires who think, Hey, I'm good at business stuff. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to apply all of that to this sports stuff and yeah. everybody will succumb to my will. Guys, I, I built this empire out of my garage with a mere $300,000 loan. Yeah. And, yeah. and only I could have pulled that off. Right, so I right. can definitely turn this franchise around. Watch. But yeah. I, the one thing with Amazon that is different than other industries, because all these other industries, you, you can amass great fortune, but you're not necessarily facing the same level of competition on a week-in, week-out basis, a year-in, right. year-out. And there's yeah. no level playing field. Like, once you gain an advantage yeah. in business, I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's a regulation exactly. and all that but in to a certain point <laughs> yeah. oh yeah all that up regulation until, <laughs> up until you get to the point of being a monopoly it's yeah. not necessarily a level playing field. no they don't start right. at the end of 2020 and then go all right guys 2021 now we're all back on a level playing field nobody start over again and see how amazon does this year nobody's it's, saying no. hey amazon hey great job but here's the thing we're gonna take a bunch of your earnings and give them to nook <laughs> Exactly. Right. So yeah. I know this yeah. Kindle Here. thing has worked out groovy for you, but we feel like Nook, <laughs> Nook really needs a push in the right direction. So they're going to get all the best titles. Okay. Right. Yeah. There's no Nook in the NFL. Yeah. All right, eBay. It's your time to shine. Yeah. I think that uh, I think there are some things, and I just found out about this like seven minutes ago. So I brainstormed real quickly before I called you. What what Bezos does really well at the NFL with love that the other NFL owners would love, especially not paying taxes, because for the NFL forever was yeah. a was a uh, the NFL forever was a nonprofit entity, which was made to be a bigger deal than it actually was. Agreed. Because people yeah. acted like the teams themselves didn't pay taxes. Yeah, they did. It was just at the end the the NFL the was like a clearinghouse, yeah. right? The NFL was a clearinghouse and everything got pushed out to the owners. Right. And then the owners would pay their taxes. But it was enough of a PR hit that after a while, they just said, all right, this is too big of a pain in the ass. We'll go ahead and call ourselves a, a for-profit company. But they still, the NFL itself still doesn't actually make all that much money. The, the teams do. 
teams make boatloads of money. Yeah. So, uh, but I've heard, I've heard that. <laughs> but, but I, I do think that they also get a lot of tax breaks, especially locally. Yeah. And they create deals. So Bezos, Bezos, well, and you also have with that. You, you have plenty of support just from the municipalities and the local taxpayers. Yeah. I mean, they're helping, they're helping subsidize the building of stadiums. I mean, right, it's like, right. you know, that's so not that's a lot all, of businesses can do that. He's all, he's already accustomed to that. And yeah, absolutely. Know, people yeah. just clamoring to, to get an Amazon warehouse built. And he's a big place. personality. I mean, if there's one thing that the NFL seems to not be opposed to, it's big personality owners. I wonder if he, uh, who would he talk to? What level of underling would he dress down when it comes to the NFL? Because he's notorious for just just ripping people apart. Apparently, I guess because he comes up. This is all just stuff I'm reading about. I'm not. I'm not. I haven't read like a Jeff Bezos biography or anything. But yeah. I, like, would he would he actually be? Because Dan Snyder's got some pretty doozy stories of just him coming in and 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 not understanding who he can and can't boss around. I mean, technically he can boss everybody around, but after a certain time, people just don't want to work for him. Right. So do you think he would he actually like rip apart a head coach in front of the players? I, so I think that's interesting because it, like you know this. I mean, there's like sort of the the two different kinds of uh, of of like corporate megalomaniacs or personalities. There's the guys who because they never got to be athletes or anything else, they still put those personalities on a pedestal. Yeah. So they feel like weirdly in both intimidated and really impressed by those guys. So they really just kind of ultimately want to be friends and, and they don't, and, and they don't really, want to, yeah, they don't want to pick on them. They don't want to, they want no friction. They're jock sniffers. Like that's what, <laughs> yes, yes. no, that's what Dan yeah. Snyder is. He's a jock yeah. sniffer. Right. I mean, that's yeah. why he gave, he gave Deion Sanders the dumbest contract in the history of football. Yeah. Uh, Deion, and then, uh, up until Hainsworth. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Again. yeah. But at least like with Dion, he gave him this contract that Dion could walk away from without having to pay back any of his prorated signing bonus right. at all, which is that's something you do sometimes with, you know, like the Lions didn't make Kelvin yeah. Johnson pay back any of his prorated signing bonus because he's a, he's a legend. Dion yeah. came in carpet bagging and like yeah. was gone and he didn't have to yeah. pay anything because he was. Because Dan Snyder is the ultimate jock sniffer. And he's beyond his prime. Yeah. yeah, I could see Bezos not being impressed by anybody. I would say, I, same. I, think, yeah. I think he sees ones and zeros. Agreed. I think he's coming yeah. in and he's just like trying to figure out which algorithm. That part of it would be interesting. I bet he yeah. would take analytics to the to the max and he would end up like being the most analytical organization. Is, is he course. is that his rap? Is he known for being a big analytics guy? I well because that would be interesting. I mean, they use algorithms out the wazoo, right? Just to try right. to make everything as efficient as possible and figure out, you need know, to drive, drive business to different products and all that right. stuff. I don't know. I guess um, Spencer Jones is, I don't know what he's into or what kind of algorithm <laughs> he's into. Spencer right. Jones, as many, many yeah. people listening now have probably seen the video of Spencer Jones and his buddy is his buddy a football player too at Oklahoma University. It 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 reeked of like that or just like generic entourage guy who also was up for for debauchery. Yeah. So Spencer Jones, if any, if nobody's seen it yet, just go search the Spencer Jones video. But Spencer Jones and his buddy are talking a little bit of smack to about a couple of guys that you find out eventually are. I, I think they're wrestlers. But they also have MMA training. They, they've got cauliflower ear. That's all you need to know. And the one kid with cauliflower right. ear just it turns to his buddy and says, which one do you want? Because he's, uh, he's talking to Spencer Jones and his buddy who were talking smack to him. And, and you can tell Spencer Jones and his buddy 
think that this is about to go their way. Like they think that they think that they're about to just, you know, tell these guys what's up. And meanwhile, the little guy has a bloody nose already. And then the little guy all of a sudden just gives a little tap to Spencer Jones face and then throws a combo to him, gets down, starts, starts trying to give him the sleeper hold. It got ugly real fast. Spencer Jones had to have a four hour long surgery to reconstruct his orbital bone, almost lost his eyeball, which is tough for a wide receiver. I don't think you can go Rocky as a wide receiver. I don't think being blind in one eye is, is, uh, is as easy as it was for Rocky to become. A no, I, I, I feel like uh, a downgrade to your depth perception probably isn't ideal. Yeah. At, at receiver seems like it'd be a big detriment. This is a lot of people have noticed this. That hey, you got to be smart enough, especially if you go to school at Oklahoma, to to oh, see yeah. the cauliflower ear. Because Oklahoma's got a very good wrestling program. I think most kids in that area of the country know that. All right, wrestlers, wrestlers, you might as well tack on thirty to forty pounds to their like their bar fighting weight class. <laughs> Right, like they're yeah. not gonna, totally. they're gonna, especially in a bar fight, because they're gonna get leverage on their side. It's not gonna turn. You're not gonna be sitting there, you know, putting up your dukes and circling the square and all that. No, stuff. you're not. You're not. It's you're not trading uh, like blows to the face repeatedly, like in the movies. And it just also feels like OU might just be like white guy Hardo headquarters. Yeah, like I could just see 100 percent that it's just like 75 percent of the male student body just like grew up wrestling bales of hay and just dreams about getting in bar fights. This is where Spencer Jones looks especially rough is because he's got some super, super white sneakers on, which is nice. I mean, good for you. Um, but you're in a bathroom <laughs> and no. not, not only is he taller and bigger than the kid that kicked his ass, but the kid that kicked his ass is wearing cowboy boots, which on that concrete floor in a slick bathroom slick, in a bar, slick. but you know, he didn't have any traction on that at all. No, that's not ideal. Bad so footwear he, choice. Yeah. So Spencer Jones definitely outweighed that kid, and and he also had a better footwear choice for boxing or for fighting, and and he got done in. And then his buddy too got body slammed. He got it was a dirty. I'm watching this thing, and I'm usually when I watch fights, I cringe a little bit. Like when the one guy gets body slammed into the corner, figure okay, that's some serious skull damage right there. But I couldn't stop thinking about just. All the urinals and the pee on the oh, floor yeah. and Disgusting. all that stuff. That was a really uh, like you got to be pretty drunk to. Oh, oh no. Well, I guess you got to be pretty. Angry well, too. yeah. Never mind during COVID too. And you're rolling around on the ground. I mean, there's, <laughs> you know, it's not ideal. You're it just didn't look like, like anybody in that bathroom was all that. Concerned no one in there COVID. was overly concerned about the pandemic. Now you could tell it was pretty late in the night too because all the guys at the urinal had to piss bad enough that they kept peeing. Yes. Like yeah. as there as there was a melee going on behind yeah. them. They were like, yeah. all right, that's great, but I got a piss and I probably waited, I don't know, like ten minutes to get into yeah. this bathroom. I'm, I'm gonna... only gonna film this for another five seconds and then pee and then I'm gonna leave. <laughs> yeah. I, I also noticed too, a lot of people saying, and this is true because I grew up with my brother was an all American wrestler, so I know about wrestlers and, and how tough they are. My brother I watched my brother kind of diffuse a lot of situations where football player friends of mine would want to fight my brother and my brother would just double leg take down him until they got tired like he <laughs> right. would just he would just right. keep messing with him until they got tired and they had to kind of laugh it off so yeah. yeah smaller guys if they've got wrestling or mma experience are definitely you don't trifle with them but no. but to any smaller guys who have wrestling experience who are listening to this always remember that there are also bigger guys who have wrestling experience too so yep. like just because a guy looks like 
a football player. Remember, that could be Brock Lesnar. You know, that could be the next uh, one of these guys that who was a oh, there was an offensive lineman that was a national champion, Carlton Hasselrick. Yeah, he never right. played football in college. He was a national champion wrestler, never played football in college, and just got signed on to the Steelers. Was it? Yeah. So just always be careful. What was your worst? Uh, what was your? Because this is pretty embarrassing for Spencer Jones. What was your worst fight experience ever? I got. I mean, I've never. Uh, I I think most football players. I mean, obviously most, because otherwise you would just see it on the news, you know, every day. Yeah. But uh, do their best to avoid that kind of situation. So I didn't get in a ton of fights. You get. Yeah, you, get, a you, get you get really good at walking away from stuff. You get good at walking away because yeah. there's. The, I think. The, I think what people don't realize is, you know, the perception from like your the, the your male peers is always like, man, if I were as big as you, no one would ever mess with me. And it's. I don't know that I'm going to say it's the opposite, but you. Get get tons of guys who like you just become this weird target for like alpha angst and so they're kind of they're picking you out in a crowd and i was in college my senior year there's always one there's one guy in a crowd like always yeah there's just one weirdo in a bar that's gonna like try to elbow you at the bar yeah and that's all it takes girl how tough he is that's all it takes right and so you know and i i had broke my foot in training camp going into my senior year so I was on crutches. I was the designated driver and we were at a bar, college bar at ASU in Tempe and all my teammates were there. Everybody had been drinking. And it was just like the typical hardo guy was starting something with one of my teammates. And I literally just, I barely postured. I'm on crutches. Yeah. It had been a couple of weeks and I barely moved as though I was, what was I going to do? I mean, yeah. I was on crutches yeah. as yeah. big and strong as I was. I mean, you yeah. can't do much when you're on one leg. And before I knew what happened, someone had bashed a beer bottle over the back of my head. No. Yeah. Smashed the bottle over my head. And then, so I went down and I was on the ground and the guy, it was a serious situation. The guy picked up the beer bottle, the back end of it, and he went to stab me. No. And shit. Threw, oh yeah. I threw my elbow up and I caught the beer bottle with my elbow. And as this is all happening, I mean, typical situation where the adrenaline is rushing. Yeah. You don't know what's going on. You think like I, I, blood was pouring did, out because it would. Yeah. Did it pour, even- did it even hurt your elbow when you stopped the beer? Or yeah, I mean, it, 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 you, you could tell in the moment. Yeah, I mean, but in the moment, yeah. could you tell that it hurt? No, that's what yeah. I was going to say. In the moment, you usually, I mean, blood is flowing, but you you think nothing's going on. I mean, yeah. you think you're completely fine because the adrenaline is, is yeah. pumping. You know, and and they got they were kicking me, and then they ran out of the bar, and I popped up, and I, I mean, Seth, this was the most enraged in my entire life I had ever been. It was yeah. one of those moments where. When you're watching like uh, Dateline and they talk about how they're like talking to the guy who's decades later still locked up and he goes, yeah, I just flew into a rage. I didn't even yeah. know what happened. And uh, <laughs> before I knew it, there were just pieces of body around me. That was the feeling that I had in that moment. Like if I had had my hands on that guy, I would have just literally torn him limb from limb. And I popped up and I was on one foot, just gushing blood. And I hop out of the bar, yeah. chasing, chasing after these guys, sadly, <laughs> sadly, an enraged, bloody mess, just like a heathen on one leg. Oh. And I'm like, obviously not going to catch the guy. And they're purposely walking just fast enough to where there's no way I can catch him. Right. <laughs> just like adding insult they're to injury. Like race walking. Like yes. They're literally like, like backward doing like that, like never two feet off the ground at the same time. Oh. You know, like backing up and oh. and pure the most prolific example of instant karma that's ever happened. They're backing up and they don't see that our starting corner is coming out of a bar right behind them. Mm-hmm. And so he's coming out of the bar and he sees me 
And he goes, Drew, what happened? And I go, kill those guys. <laughs> and that's that's the only thing I said. I just go kill yeah. those guys. And he, this was a this was the kind of personality that you're talking about that you you don't know that you're going to bump into when you think about maybe you're going to get in a fight that night. Is this yeah. guy who was this on guy, my team your cornerback? This like, is not the, probably like 190 pounds of yes, just like yes, 190 pounds of yeah. just rivet steel. Yeah, and he was just <laughs> and knows what and, he's doing. And also, <laughs> what kind of what kind of person, by the way, just yeah. takes a, a one cent order to punch a stranger <laughs> and has no qualms about it whatsoever <laughs> i go kill that guy and he goes absolutely and he just goes and i watched it it was like out of a movie he goes one two three and drops all three of them just one at a time and he's like hey come get your shots in and in that moment as mad as i was i was like I think I'm good. I'm, I am all set because you may have killed one of those guys. It's like the, one of the manliest things you'd ever seen. In your I life. was just kind of like, I also will a, I'm, I'm never going to get in a fight with you Yeah, because lesson learned in that case, but he ended up knocking one of the guy's eyes out completely oh my gosh. Bl- blind to the guy. Yeah, the guy lost his eye. Some of these kids, man, don't understand no, the damage. They really, cause they watch movies. Yeah. Yep. And they think like they envision themselves getting in fights. Yeah. You don't get it. Even no. like, man, I've slap boxed with guys that grew yeah. up knowing how to fight. Mm-hmm. Like knowing exactly. Look, if I get into a fight, I'm turning it into a wrestling match. because I Of course. I yeah. But like just slap boxing with guys that know what they're doing. You don't know. <laughs> like, no, it doesn't take much. It <laughs> yeah. doesn't take much. And that's the other part where you realize when you're a bigger guy with that kind of power. Yeah, that if you're getting if you're mad and you're at all out of control, just that is a dangerous, dangerous right. situation. Well, yeah, I had a friend in college um, who was a bigger dude. I won't I won't say his name because he's actually a very respectable business person now. But yeah, he grew up Alec a, Baldwin, he, yeah. like, like he and that happened at Cornell a lot because, you know, you got a lot. Of, it's not like the roughest place on Earth. So. <laughs> Right, <laughs> not a lot of yeah. street smarts. Those tough Ivy League kids, yeah. So, so, but this kid grew up in a rough part of Connecticut, like, uh, and it just sounds funny, but there are actually, you know, there's like some pretty. He grew up in a tough part of New Haven. Um, ironically, that's where Yale is, but like New Haven's not a great town. Yeah, and he beat up he beat up three kids one night who who jumped him, and he ended up getting put on like suspended from school for a semester. And put on probation for like a year because he just he he almost murdered these kids. He just so three guys jumped him. He, you know, yeah, two of them out and maimed another one with like three punches. Yeah. And and, you know, they told the story that he attacked them and he was out and he might have had some priors from high school. Um, but he just, <laughs> he's like, you don't get it. You. Yeah. I'm being and, punished for just being a natural. And now that I'm thinking about it. Yeah. I only heard his side of the story. <laughs> and uh, <who> knows exactly. <laughs> now, that, now that I now in the moment that I'm revisiting this, but it, it was it was like, him. It was yeah. him versus three guys. And uh, but I like and I had another friend, though, too. Jimmy, who's a big tight end, really like the like the gentlest kid that ever lived. Really good tight end, but he grew up in Rockland County, you know, just um, close to New York City. And he was standing in a pizza shop with his friend, with his girlfriend, one night. And this guy behind him just would not shut up, like talking smack to him, and like one of these guys that you're talking about. And he started, and then he started making fun of Jimmy's girlfriend, just calling her a whore and all this stuff. And right. Jim's like the most laid back guy on earth. And he, and he was like, "So I guess I don't, I don't know. I do you want to go I guess outside? I have to fight you? Yeah, like yeah. I guess we got to go outside." He said, "Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna go kick your ass outside." So Jimmy went outside and put him in the hospital, and the kid. <sighs> 
the the kid and yeah. this was verified like this there were witnesses yeah, this right but you know technically it's you know jim jim didn't have to fight him it wasn't self-defense and and what have you but like it just loaded like that school is loaded with kids that just didn't know they just didn't know yeah of what, course. what they were getting into and when they were because they'd never been punched there's no kids that have no. never been they've never been punched when they go too far like exactly this kid, like this kid that's well this kid that was talking smack to cam newton um he may have been punched at some point in his life, but he's not hard uh, enough. Not hard <laughs> enough. Yeah. I don't. The kid was talking smack to Cam Newton and Cam came back and was trying to talk to him. And people are enraged at this child who was talking smack to Cam Newton. I'm trying to think. Like, I swear I've been to at least a few summer camps where there's at least one or two obnoxious kids that won't shut up like that. I don't know if it's if it just usually doesn't get caught on film and it's not Cam Newton, but, but there's still. <laughs> You know, I, I mean, it's a, but, yeah. but there's always one kid at a summer camp that they will oh, yeah. keep his mouth shut about like how good he is. Right. And he's going to kick your ass someday. Oh, always. Yeah. It's, it's, it's usually the guys it's, it's the big fish in the small pond scenario, you know, where they've never actually gone against someone who either had the same talent or the physical ability. That kid might actually be pretty good though. I want to find out about what the, what if all of a sudden, you know, seven, eight years from now, he's in the NFL, he's going to be known as that kid that talks smack to, and then you know what it's going to oh, be? It's going to be yeah. a funny and endearing story. Remember? Yeah, you, exactly. Yeah. They'll Cam, spin it. That yeah. He, Cam he's took so him confident. under his, Cam took his, uh, took him under his wing. Cause he was impressed with his moxie. <laughs> his moxie. My brother exactly. did that at a wrestling camp once this is turning into the Dan Payne podcast. Uh, we were at a wrestling camp. He, he wrestled at Clarion, which is a one of these schools in Pennsylvania that's Division Two for everything except wrestling. It's Division right. One for wrestling because wrestling's so big in in Pennsylvania. So it's like Clarion, Bloomsburg, uh, Lock Haven, all these schools. But was he a heavyweight? He was. Well, he started off. He wrestled one fifty five his freshman year, I think, or one sixty seven. And by his senior year, he just couldn't cut weight anymore because he'd grown. He's a late bloomer like me. Sure. So he ended up going from. 177 up to heavyweight because there was no 220. Oh, the, wow. There's no 220 at the time. So he was like wrestling 275 pound dudes. That could be and, good for him, though. He's probably he's probably a specialist. He's a technician and he knows how to handle it was, those, those it, doughy guys at that age. It was good for most of them until you got to the really good guys that yeah. he just wasn't. He was just he was enough. so much. Yeah. And they could just they knew how to lean on him and just wear him out because you right. that that weight advantage is just too yeah, much after it is over yeah. the course of a whole uh, a whole thing. That's but what I was, relied on because I had no technique. Yeah, he, he was. Oh, that's right. I forgot you wrestled. He was um, this kid was talking smack to him and his kid was like a state champion in some one of the lesser states in wrestling. And uh, but he was really, really cocky. It was like the first day of camp. So my brother was like, ah, I bet you I can pin you three times in one minute. <laughs> so they got up and they. They, I don't know how he did it to this day. Wrestlers you know, love that, love to do that too. That's you know how hard, hard it is to pin somebody and get them back up on their feet and then pin them again. <laughs> You're physically having to pick them up and do it again. Twenty seconds yeah. each. Yeah, like he was. Dan was tired afterwards, but he pinned this kid three times in in twenty in in one minute. So twenty seconds per pin. And I don't think I don't think this kid. Uh, he was a, he was actually a pretty good wrestler, but it was a you know it was a college wrestler versus some sophomore yeah. in high school. So. Uh, the other big story that I wanted to get your opinion on before we get to Kanye and Kim Kardashian getting divorced mm-hmm. is uh, Fernando Tatis, the Padres, the pod, this kid from the Padres, he's 22 years old. He signed the third richest contract ever. It's $340 million over 14, over 14 years. He's 22 years old, but when he was 18, 
and he was a low-level prospect from the Dominican Republic. He signed a deal with this company, Big League Advance, where they advanced him some money, but then they took a sizable portion of his big league salary. Whenever he made it to the big leagues, they were going to get potentially close to, at this point, it looks like somewhere around 8%. So it would be about $30 million that he might be on the hook to, to big league advance at this point. What's your gut reaction off of that? I mean, the gut reaction is that it's exploitative. Yeah. I mean, it has to be, right? I don't know how else you can look at it. I mean, I, I don't, it's, it's the same. It's, it, it reminds me of, of like, uh, what are like the payday loan like lender yeah. spots that are totally like that's like what it reminds me of. I'm what's, just this, like, what's that jingle oh. where they're riding on the bus? What is that one? <laughs> Pay me now. Something to, <laughs> isn't know. that it's it's something like you know it's, it's gonna not, hit me at 9 30 p.m. Yeah, right. tonight and yeah, I'll be exactly. singing it when, when I wake up in the morning. Yeah, um, I can't wait for that. Oh uh JR JR Wentworth, JG yes, Wentworth. Yes, JG Wentworth. <laughs> yeah. 877 cash now. Is that what yeah, do we get paid for this? Are we going to get paid for this? We get paid No, because right? we're about to criticize them. So is it taking advantage? <laughs> is it taking it, yeah, advantage it, of somebody, well, it's, especially it's, some of these kids from the Dominican Republic? Let's, or Latin let's, be, let's be clear. It's objectively taking advantage. Is that, it is obje- that is not up okay. to date. All right. Well, it's like, it's, it's like okay. the scale of how much it's exploiting him. In a I lot of in a lot of these instances, what they're saying, what the critics would say is like, you're taking some of these kids from really impoverished Latin American countries whose, right. whose families might are, might be in extreme poverty. And you're saying, yeah, call JG Wentworth, take this money now. And yeah. all you'll do is now this is where it's different than a JG Wentworth uh, or, or whatever. I'm sure JG Wentworth is on the up and up, right? Uh, yeah. I don't want to get sued here. So, but so what, what a lot of those payday loans are, they've got really high interest rates and you have to pay them back or your credit rating will suffer. These aren't loans. These are advances. And if a guy never makes the major leagues, he gets to keep that money. So that's where it gets balanced out a little bit. It's not like if, if Tatis had never made it to the majors, there people are estimating he probably got a $2 million advance. He never would have had to pay that money back. So big league advance is taking a risk up front. And they said this is the first big time prospect that they've they've cashed I, in. On. I, I, w- I would agree. Um, I would agree. And especially at that age, right? He's still like relatively unknown, I think, probably at that age. I mean, you don't know that he's going to hit that level of success. Right. They, they've got algorithms. Just like, sure. Just like yeah. future NFL owner. Yeah, 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 yeah. But he's probably over time. I mean, he's gonna he's he's almost guaranteed to do reasonably well. But it's the percentage, right? I mean, what's what's the normal contract? It's it's got to be less than three percent for sure. Yeah, like a normal fee, right? And so you're looking at like close to triple whatever like the standard fee would be, which is pretty. uh, That's pretty. That's pretty exploitative. I, I mean, you know, like. Maybe not. You don't. You don't think so. This is the well. This is you're the representing thing. the fat cats. In, in you think that you of, go in. You go into. Well, I, I don't know about. And- I don't know about fat cats. The, the founder <laughs> and CEO Michael Schweimer is a UVA grad who pitched in 47 games for the Philadelphia Phillies in 2011 okay. and 2012. They've invested, according to him, 150 million dollars in 350 players so far, and many of them have never played in the major leagues at all. So there is, there's some risk on their part. Now, this is the big one. This is where it turned it around with me, at least in this one instance. Yeah, that's how you got to look Tatis. at it, right? Schweimer said he traveled to the Dominican Republic to discuss the arrangement with him and Tatis's father, who played in the majors from 1997 through 2010. 
So this isn't some babe in the woods or anything. Right. Like, this is a and Tat Tatis yeah. is not shying away from it. There was one former player that actually sued the company and ended up dropping it and, and apologized to them for it, which I'm guessing was court ordered or at least part of the yeah. arrangement. Um, Tatis says, look, I, it was an investment to get better. And I, I used that money to invest in myself. And so now they're going to. That this big league advance is going to get thirty million dollars. I've boy, if he can if he can be comfortable with that now, because he's still look, he's still making how much was the total for? He's still making three hundred ten million before taxes. Well, and it's not as much as you think it is. You know, it's spread over fourteen years, Seth. So that's true. Know. Time value of money and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. three hundred forty million, and then you know you think about inflation. Oh, and, I, I, hey, I mean, put that in a money market fund, Drew. It, which yeah, right now yeah. is making what like point one percent or so. Yeah, uh, look at Vanguard, guys. Yeah, <laughs> totally. So, uh, speaking of extreme wealth, I feel like this is a this is a theme to this episode has been extreme wealth because we started with one billionaire, Jeff Bezos. Now let's get around to Kim mm. and Kanye, who are breaking up. And the thing that freaked me out when I was reading about Kim and Kanye getting divorced, because I guess I guess this has I guess this isn't even a secret. People have known about this for a while, and this is just now becoming public just because of uh, there's been so much trauma. I check in on Kim and Kanye about once every two years. This is the thing. They're both billionaires. They're both independently billionaires. Has this ever happened before? Have two independent billionaires ever gotten together and maybe maybe become billionaires as they were together? Well, is is Kanye is a billionaire? Is Kanye, he, a he <laughs> Forbes magazine, <laughs> the Forbes or Fortune, whichever one lists the Forbes 400 or the Fortune yeah. 500. One of those yeah. magazines. I feel like it's Forbes does the Forbes uh, one. Kanye complained to that magazine because he wasn't listed at a certain level. So Love he complained it. to the magazine. The yeah. magazine said only two people have ever done that. Only one person had before it was Donald Trump. I, I was about to say, yeah. I was about to say those are two yeah. birds of a feather with similar narcissistic tendencies. I think a lot of billionaires would rather not be on the list. No, right? of course not. You don't know the real ones never want the spotlight. You don't yeah. want that kind of heat on you. Come yeah. on now. You're like, yeah, great. So I was hoarding this all to myself. And now there's going to be pressure for philanthropy. Yeah. It's like every old time, like the smart guys never have to tell you how smart they are. Yeah. You know, it's like, come on now. Yeah. But I mean, it's, you know, if those two, if they can't make it work, God, this, <laughs> this is, this is the thing about Kanye. I feel like. I feel like Kanye has done a service to some NFL players because I, this song, the Gold Digger song, I want to say came out around 2002 or so. I just have distinct memories of driving around Kirby Drive <laughs> in Houston, yeah. thinking about it, actually thinking yeah. about the song, but I don't know. And I the, that that lyric, that one line, win the Super Bowl and drive off in a Hyundai, I feel like that was a cautionary tale for a lot of young NFL players or athletes in general and yeah. not even not to watch out for women necessarily, but like, Hey, that's a pretty strong visual winning the Super Bowl, but then driving off in a Hyundai. And this is before Hyundai had their luxury LeBron James version and everything back then. Yeah. It meant something to drive a Hyundai. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, where are we going with this? You think that it's uh it's people are ignoring know. the cautionary tale. We got to side with Kanye. What do you want me to do? With this? You want me to take Kanye's side? You're making it hard. I okay. can't do it. That was the it. one positive I thing. I mean, watching, watching him just completely self immolate yeah. the last year. I do feel bad for, I feel well, bad for Kim. 
Which and I honestly, every now and then I watch uh, that show because my wife likes the show. So every now and then I'll watch it. And over time, I've kind of gained a grudging respect for Kim Kardashian, regardless of how she initially came to. She's a she's a savvy business person. Like she handles her business. Yes. Yes. She came to prominence and, uh, you know, with through the performing arts. But she's just she are you making me you're making me defend Kanye and no 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 Kim. no no I'm not blaming Kim for the I'm not blaming Kim it's Kanye look Kanye's gone haywire I mean like, <laughs> yes, I agree I'm glad you yeah see the light on that here's a list of Kanye's transgressions a, a shortened and minimalized list one he ran for president which like seriously yeah. ran for, I thought it was a promotion stunt stun at first but he ran for president um, yeah. he spoke the, the most recent one I guess the tipping point was he spoke publicly about the discussions I and mean, I guess arguments that he and Kim had had when she was pregnant with their first child about wanting to abort their first oh, child. Wow. Which is a nice, nice thing for your child to read about at the tender age. Oh, of one, man. Like, it, it, at some point, North North is going to read that. And it, that, wasn't, and it wasn't something that yeah. Kim wanted out there. It wasn't something they discussed beforehand. I would imagine no. like I would imagine <clears> before you discuss the potential abortion of one of your now adolescent children well, that maybe well, you should at least yeah. consult with your wife what you're it. imagining what you know is happening too is there was a moment where they went to like couples counseling and he just knowing who he is would not let that go he was defending that aggressively to the therapist you knew well, he, was, they, he was she, just owning it like well i felt like it, in the, it was best to be honest about what happened. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, no, no. Honesty no, is the it, best policy. Yeah. <laughs> I gotta be I gotta be true to who I am. Uh you know. let's see. He claimed he was broke that time, which I don't think he was, because he mm-hmm. ascended back to billionaire status pretty quick. Uh calling slavery a choice was probably old. Bold. Not all that popular in the not all that popular <laughs> in the, the African American Well, not at all that popular just in the household in general. But, you know, that's <laughs> that brings that brings a whole level of scrutiny onto the family, you know, that you don't necessarily need. We don't need this kind of heat right now, Kanye. I guess yeah. uh, she. Oh, he also claimed that she slept with Meek Mill, which that that, that bothered him. Well, I, I don't know I, if it's a false allegation. No, no, no. It when I married you, I thought you were. No, 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 no. That she cheated on. The she, no, she. He's claiming cheated. she was cheating on him with Meek Mill. Um, yeah, this would have been recently, like after um, he got out of prison, not like before he was in prison. So I think she, he's claiming that she cheated on him with Meek Mill. And frankly, from what I know of Kim Kardashian and the highly produced, highly edited, uh, real yeah. uh, reality TV show that I've watched ever, I don't Seems think she'd ever cheat on him with Meek Mill. Oh, specifically with Mick Mill. Yeah, or just in yeah. general. I don't. I okay. think she, honestly, she looks too busy and tired all the time. You're a fan. You she, seem. I'm not a huge fan. I don't. Um, I, I. I'm a fan of. I think she's a little bit like. Uh, you know, uh, what's her name? Pamela Anderson. Yeah, I like when you look at pictures of them when they were young and pure and before they had mm-hmm. everything changed. It's like freakish how perfect they were, like in their natural state. And then they go and accentuate everything. And I feel like they yeah. just start making themselves look like every other woman that's had a bunch of work done. Yes. Like you can't even appreciate yeah. their beauty necessarily because they've started no. to morph into what all these various women in Hollywood look like. Who that's are exactly also right. trying yeah. like crazy to look like Kim Kardashian and back in the day, Pamela Anderson. 
Yeah, they slowly. There's a weird uh, apex where those two lines meet, right? You know where someone far less naturally attractive makes themselves look fake, and then someone who naturally is slowly transitions into the into the weird, you know, uh, augmented version of themselves. And there, there's a very, very obvious. Um, oh, oh, what's the name I'm looking for? Oh, Jim Rome. There's a very obvious Jim I Rome. Not, I didn't see that coming. I know. It's, it's not as obvious as you might think. I, I did not see that There's coming. There's a very obvious okay. Jim Rome analogy here. Okay, and got it's it. this. It's this. Jim Rome was like the first superstar sports radio guy, really. Right. There was a guys yeah. in, you know, there was Mike Francesa and those guys in New York, but those guys were regionalized where Jim and Rome not, was yeah. nationwide. And not so as hot. Yeah. What happened over time was you had all these Jim Rome imitators. So everybody starts imitating Jim Rome and it gets to the point where Jim Rome just sounds like Everyone a, else. a caricature of himself. Right. Yeah. Like he just sounds like every other guy. And some of the guys that are doing Jim Rome impressions are also younger and hipper and they sound actually better doing Jim Rome than Jim Rome. Right. Does. So You're Jim right. Rome sounds old or yeah. he just sounds played or he, he sounds cliche, even mm-hmm. though he was the pioneer. So sometimes with people like Kim Kardashian, everybody starts imitating the way they look. And then all of a sudden, Kim Kardashian just looks like every other girl trying to look like Kim Kardashian. God. And then Jim Rome rome out of desperation has to film a sex video that, yes and that's why jim rome's got big ass butt implants you watch him walking <laughs> exactly. around radio yeah like jim settle rome. down jim we get it jim rome <laughs> five foot two with a five six ass <laughs> he's very short so uh, <laughs> got it <laughs> last transgression of kanye was his weird fixation with wyoming I don't know why he's obsessed with Wyoming. He loves it out. Is there. he? He's obsessed yeah. with Wyoming. I, well, I could see getting obsessed with Wyoming. Actually, I think he probably goes out and spends spends time with a quiet out there. I don't know. He's a weird dude. I don't. I, I feel bad for Kanye. He's tortured, man. Well, tra- he's it's it's trying to envision just like uh, uh, what what does an afternoon look like with him? Like if it's just Seth and Kanye, like what? How are you even connecting? There is no ability to connect. There's no parallel for you two to connect with. Uh, with Kanye just hanging oh, yeah. out like, oh, like on a, on a one-on-one personal level. Like, I, I don't know how you, I don't I know. Guess, I, like, I think he might be, I think what happens and this is what happened with like his, his 400 years of, um, that 400 years of slavery was a choice. That comment. I think sometimes he just starts riffing and, because that's one of the things that makes him a really good rapper. But when you're trying to do that and talk about serious topics, perhaps, and you're just riffing and just letting whatever flows flow out of you, you end up saying some pretty screwy things. So I bet he's, I bet he's got his erratic moments, but I would bet 90% of the time he's pretty calm. It's just that 10% of the time where he's either riffing or he's getting emotional about something. He's probably, you know, he's a little imbalanced when he's like, he's a performer. So he's feeding off the energy of, you know, what's around him too. But I mean, do we think like, what are the odds? that it just ends really badly like that it just ends Ooh. in like a fiery wreck like or do you think like do you think the marriage kind of was the thing keeping him or do you think that he he pulls it he reigns it back in i think he reigns it back in. i think kim keeps i think kim keeps an eye on him and a watchful eye over him and and helps keep him out of trouble because he is after all the father of their children so she does have to she has a vested interest in trying to kind of keep him yeah keep him within right. the guide rails yeah, well and sure. i also look with these guys too with uh with with performers and celebrities like that i mean you just assume on some level right it isn't fair to kanye but i just assume that with huge celebrities there's some level of infidelity 
going on that maybe yeah. they've been living with this for a while and uh, like Larry King yeah. was on his ninth wife when he got when he died. I, I'm getting why did Larry King keep getting married and then keep getting divorced? I'm guessing there was some level of infidelity, right? Is that a fair yeah. I mean, plus like the sexual energy that that guy's trying to harness. Like, how can you not just constantly cheat on every wife? His his physique leads me to believe that he, he was, seems like he might be made of paper. It's, it's, it's like i'm kind of like how's he not dead is, i think he might he have dead? frozen him too yeah he is died he, he died like a week oh. ago yeah have some respect well, but he yeah. had uh, I, I think he was on his ninth his ninth wife when he died and um and, did he really die a week ago yeah a week or two ago yeah oh wow covid yes yes was it really covid and being like 95 years old yeah i don't think oh, you're, yeah. yeah i guess at that point you don't even really say covid you're just like I mean, something was going to happen. Yeah, it was uh, stiff, stiff breeze. I feel incredibly disrespectful all of a sudden. So uh, we should well, probably wrap it up. Now. <laughs> now that I'm now that I'm I am the child. At the camp, uh, sorry, at the camp sorry. I took I took it down. to I took us down to the yeah, three weeks ago. I was at a broadcaster's camp and I was talking smack to Larry King, just like <laughs> that kid talked smack to Cam Newton. Yeah, hey, you're happens. a free agent. Your ass. There's some. There's some weak ass trash talk by that kid too. Oh no, it was bad. Yeah, it was. Hey, good. hey, everybody! If you've made it through this last ten minutes, where everything really degenerated, you definitely got to subscribe. Okay. Well, the statistics tell me that eighty percent of the people stick around for like the complete nonsense at the end, and the, you you people are in the club so go ahead and go ahead and subscribe if you haven't already and leave a five star review and follow follow Drew on Twitter he tweets once he tweets once every what three every two years? years yeah two or three two years, years. Yeah. um most yeah. I'm a good are, follow though I'm a good follow you most of your tweets are complaints to customer service of was it AT and T yeah oh, I'm, I'm supposed to be watching Infinity Train with my child. Thanks, thanks for <laughs> hanging out, Chu. Goodbye. I gotta right, go. Chris. I'm gonna get in trouble. I'm gonna right, get in trouble. Right. <laughs>